Welcome to Reborn into Victory, where the knowledge of God is not only theological or philosophical, but also experiential and practical. Good morning.、Uh, today we have Pastor Ronald from Florida with me. Thank you for having me, Chris. Good morning. I'm glad to be here and to go over the wonderful discussion and question that we will、um, be going over today. That's right. Today's question is what does it mean that God is our Lord or Jesus is our Lord? Turn your Bible with me today. Go to Acts chapter 2, verse 36. This is the first sermon of Peter, and he said, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made the same Jesus who ye have crucified, both Lord and And Christ. And many of us understand the word Christ means anointed. The word Jesus means Savior. But sometimes we overlook the word in that verse is the word Lord. What does that mean that Jesus is our Lord? And also, recently I had a Bible study with someone. We're going through some questions regarding what shall we eat as Christians, what shall we eat that we shouldn't eat as a Christian. And there's a question coming up. Why are some Christians eat certain things and don't eat certain things? And I actually come to the Bible verse in Leviticus chapter 11, verse 44. If you can, turn the Bible with me. It's kind of interesting. The Bible in chapter 11, verse 11, explain to us what does that mean. Maybe Pastor Ronald can read with us. Chapter 11, Leviticus chapter 11, verse 44, and、uh, all the way to 46. All right, so Leviticus chapter 11, verse 44, it says, For I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore sanctify yourselves, and you shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall you defile yourselves with any manner of creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, for I am the Lord that bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. This is the law of the beasts and of the fowl, and of every living creature that moveth in the waters, and of every creature that creepeth upon the earth. Isn't that interesting that chapter 11 of the book of Leviticus, from the beginning, God gives a whole lot of instruction for the people why you should eat, why you shouldn't eat. And now God actually summarized the why. And here, I, I, like, I like the verse here in verse 44 says that, For I am the Lord your God. And in my Bible, King James Version, I know Pastor Ronald uses the same Bible, King James Version, it has a little column behind the word God, right? The little、mm-hmm. two dots column. And I look at it on Google, what does it mean to have a column? It means that whatever comes after column is to explain the previous cause. So,、mm-hmm. which means that whatever comes after column, It's to explain what does that mean that God is our Lord. Is that interesting?、Mm-hmm. And he says here,、yeah. you shall sanctify yourself and ye shall be holy. Oh, wow. What do you think,、mm-hmm. Pastor Ronald? You know, that, that's very interesting because from Leviticus chapter 11, verse 1 all the way to verse 43, it's just a nonstop. God is explaining what is the difference between clean and unclean foods and which ones that we should choose and which ones should we、uh, take away. And then by the time you get to verse 44, just as you're pointing out, it says, For I am. 
like, or another way you can say that is because I am the Lord, your God, and you shall therefore, because I am the Lord, your God, you shall therefore be sanctified and you shall be holy. And that, that's a very um, interesting thing because just like, how is it that God is connecting the whole points between being holy and also refraining from eating unclean foods and choosing the clean foods instead? Yes, the, the next part of the verse also says that neither shall ye defile yourself with any manner of creeping things that creepeth on upon the earth. It's interesting mm-hmm. that that word defile is not physically defilement. I think the word defile is always used in a context of spiritual defilement. Right? So which means that in God's eyes, eating is not a physical matter, it's a spiritual matter. And then we can actually spiritually defile ourselves so we cannot be holding anymore by choosing uh, what to eat on the table. You know, you know, Pastor Chris, um, there's a there's a phrase that goes around um, that says cleanliness is next to godliness. Oh, wow. And Amen to that. It's not it's, it's not it's not a phrase in the Bible, but this is something that I guess people over the years or over the centuries have picked up that just by reading the Bible, they have the, they come to the conclusion that just by being clean or not defiling ourselves, we are actually being more godly and more holy. Oh, amen to that. If you re- continue to read verse 45, it's interesting, sister, for I am the Lord that bring you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. And if, if you look at it here, so interestingly, because we know that, that this whole a book of Leviticus is written uh, after the Jesus has come out of Egypt. It's, it's, it's this this book was not given to the people who are still in Egypt. It's they already came out. Let me bring one more verse up in Exodus chapter nineteen, and it's interesting. Exodus Exodus chapter nineteen, verse four, and Bible says this: it says that God was speaking to Moses. He said, "Ye have seen what I did unto Egyptians, and I." How I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto and many people you just listen to this. You didn't open your Bible. You're thinking I brought you unto the promised land, but it's not. Bible says that I brought you unto uh, myself. So God did not just bring Israelites out of uh, uh, Egypt to put them straight away to promised land. It's actually God tried to pull them out of Egypt, and so God can bring His children unto Himself. Is building a relationship to making the Israelites holy so they can fit to promised land. It's interesting. There's a saying also uh, that it is easy for God to bring people out of Egypt, but it's harder for God to bring Egypt out of people's heart. And here mm. in verse 45 says that, For I am the Lord that brings you up out of the land of Egypt, to be your God, and there's a calling again. It says that you shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. So if you read that in a context here, the whole exodus out of Egypt is not an end goal. The whole uh, the whole story of Egypt is the means to get to the end, which means that God uh, gave the Israelites of Passover. They experienced Passover out of Egypt. Is is symbolic like experience Calvary, but the Calvary is not an end of Christian journey. It's the means to get to the end. Where's the end? Is God Himself. So we can go back to God Himself, 
who is holy. That's why the requirement for us to go to God Himself is that we will be holy as well. Mm, What do you think, Pastor? Very interesting point. Very interesting point. I'm, I'm in agreement with it because, you know, there's a whole connection even with the name, the Lord. You know, in many people's Bibles, um, this Lord that we see here in these two verses is capitalized. And what is actually mean is because the thing is that in the original Hebrew um, Old Testament um, Bible, the original Hebrew language, uh, we see that the name Lord is actually Yahweh. But notice the mindset of the Jews or the Israelites is that they considered the name of God so sacred that they did not even want to they did not even want to say his name because it's too sacred. And so when you have Yahweh, they're like, you know, we're going to actually put the different vowels and they're going to actually put it as Adonai. Mm. And that's where we get the word Lord. And so when God in Exodus chapter three, and he is presenting himself before Moses and he wants to present himself before the Israelites, he presents himself as the Lord, your God, the same God that your fathers worship, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And so this same Lord is trying to deliver you out of Egypt. And so he's trying to present himself as the Lord, but the Lord that delivers you. And so as a deliverer, he's trying to take us up out of Egypt out of the mindset of the Egyptians, you know, the thing is, I want to digress just a little bit, is that the Egyptians, they worship many gods. They worship oh, yeah. the crocodile. They worship the uh, hawk. They worship the hyena. They worship the cat. They worship the dung beetle. Pretty much anything that moves. That's right. And so, and so the thing is that with any, all of these different gods, they see these gods every single day, so to, so to speak. Mm. And so here it is that the Lord God presents himself and he's like, look, I'm being, I'm going to be your deliverer. And so I'm not going to be like any other God. I want to be your deliverer that takes you up out of Egypt to bring you to myself so that you can be holy. That's right. And that is just what you're trying to say is that it's not so much of the, the end, but it's a means to an end. And it's, it's trying to say that, look, I want you just like me. Amen. 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 And also, uh, there's another verse in the Bible kind of have the same concept. If you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 to 18, and Paul also understand the concept. Paul actually said about the same thing. Paul says, Wherefore, come out from among them and be separated, says the Lord. Touch not an unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And we understand chapter 6 of Second Corinthians is not just talking about the things to eat or not to eat. What else is there, Pastor Ronald? You know, uh, what else is there is that uh, from, from continuing on all the way from like verse 15, pretty much, or verse 14, uh, it says like how we shall not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Oh, that's a hot go- topic. And then it goes on a, it goes on a <laughs> litany. It goes on a litany to show the difference, like the contrast. So it says, like, what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What, ha- what communion has light with darkness? What concord has Christ with Belial or the one that believes with the, with the infidel? And then verse 16 is where it really shows more of the clean and unclean. It's in verse 16, it says, what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? Mm. For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, 
I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And so you, you know, like the, the temple of God is holy. God himself is holy, and he's the living God. This is showing a, like a big contrast between him and any other God that may exist because they're not al- alive. They're not living. And so God is like, look, I'm holy. And if I am holy and you are the temple, you're, I'm trying to make you as my temple, then by me walking in you and dwelling in you, you will therefore be holy yourself. Mm. So which means that the, the concept Peter talked about in Acts chapter 2, that Jesus is our Lord. It's actually, he's talking about us that we need to separate it from anything will defile us. It's a separation. And it's interesting. I just thinking about this now. If you go to Genesis 1, right? When God creates stuff, then there's a dividing motion in there. When God separates them, they follow his own kind. God separates, God separates, and God divides. And that is actually life. But now you come to Genesis chapter 6, when the flock comes together, it makes everything together. That's actually destruction. So I think there's a special lesson in here that as a people of God who come to the church, the church actually means that the people have been called out, right? That's what the word church means. And the, the God's purpose in salvation is to separate us from sin. That's what Jesus' Savior also means. There's a whole motion of separation in God's message. And sometimes... And we, we kind of are told or believed it, and Jesus can forgive us. But the power of forgiveness is the same power to separate us from sin. Now, Jesus Christ cannot save us in sin, but he saved us from sin. That's why Pastor Ronald pointed out in Second Corinthians chapter 6, there's a whole lot of things that God wants us to separate from. And maybe idolatry, right? There may be uh, envy, maybe uh, intemperance. It may be a lot of things. And God is using Calvary to show us how much He loves us. Then when we love back to Him, we'll be able to love the law of God. And this process, loving the law of God and keeping God's law, is the very process that God actually sanctifies us. That's how it becomes like God. I like that concept. Amen. Amen. And, and you know, I, I love the fact that you brought up the whole account of Genesis. Um, in the creation, because there is the first time that we have actually found the the term, the Lord God. The Lord God. Absolutely. Amen. And how is God actually presenting himself there is creator. Mm. And so the thing is that for what God wants every single person to understand is that, yes, he is the creator and he has created all things, but he hasn't created us, you and me. He did not create us to be sinful. He did Mm. not create us to be lost. He did not create us to be separate from him. He created us so that we can be holy and connected with him. It's the same thing. It's the same thing about deliverer. He delivers us out of Egypt. He he delivers us out of the world, not just to deliver us and uh, to come out of the come out of Egypt, come out of the world and take a ship to Mars. But he comes. He wants us to come out of the mindset, come out of the, the thinking, come out of the habits and practices, come out of sin. And so when we are coming out of sin, we are able to connect ourselves with God and therefore being holy. And so that's a wonderful thing that God is literally trying to teach us. He's creating us to be holy. He delivers us to be holy. Amen, amen, amen. But we cannot reach the point of holiness without experiencing the Passover, without experiencing the love of Christ on the Calvary. 
And that's the starting point of a journey. Now, by beholding how much God loves us, we'll be able to love him back. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a sentence called, only by love is a love awakened. So we actually love sin, right, in the Egypt, in the, in the mm. old sin. But without seeing our sin has been forgiven at the Calvary, we cannot love God. That's why the Bible says that God first loved us. By beholding that love, our love is awakened towards God. And Jesus also said in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. God Keeping God's commandment is an expression of loving God. This is not something that's strange. We try to earn salvation. It's basically love language and God demanded for, for, for him. So when we're experiencing Passover, as Leviticus chapter 11, verse uh, 45 said about, he is the Lord. We, we accept that. He is the Lord bringing us out of Egypt. But at the same time, we, we accept that he is the Lord demanding after we're coming out of Egypt, we need to be holy so we can become like him. And that's the full gospel in the Bible. Amen. Amen. Holiness, you can see, is not just in eating. And also you realize that when God called us out of Egypt and God wants us to be holy, let me give an example. For example, if you married to someone, but now you are committing adultery, right? God, Jesus Christ come, does not just forgive you that you commit adultery before, but he will give you the power for you to come out of that Egypt so you're not coming adultery anymore. So you will learn how to love God and love your wife. And this whole process, nobody will believe that when Jesus come, forgive my sin. So I will stay, I will be safe, continually coming adultery against my wife. And that's not actually what the gospel is talking about. The gospel is coming down. Jesus gave you the power to transform your heart. So you will love whoever you come in adultery ways, but you will love the wife Then God gave it to you. And this is actually talking about God is the Lord and Christ to this person. Amen. Because, I mean, the thing is that when we unite ourselves with Christ, with God himself, it is a union. And so that's what marriage is. It's a union of two people. And so with God, he does not want any other person to take the place that he should occupy. That's right. And so with that, with that union, whenever we go to someone else or to something else, we are literally committing spiritual adultery. And you know, the, the Bible mentions, um, I believe it's in the, the book of Hebrews, if, I could, if I'm not mistaken, that um, the marriage bed is to be undefiled. And so whenever we are having multiple partners, we are defiling the marriage bed. And so what we have just read in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and uh, in verse, um, uh, verse 17 I'm sorry, not 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Uh, what we have just read in Leviticus chapter 11, verse 45, it says that God does not want us to defile ourselves. And so we defile ourselves spiritually whenever we have another partner other than God. All right. Thank you, Pastor Ronald. I think we'll bring it close today. Uh, why don't you say a prayer to us? Oh, definitely. Let's uh, bow our heads with, you, with me and with us wherever you are. Our Father in heaven, I thank you so much that you are, you have been presenting yourself as Lord towards us. And Lord, we thank you so much for that because without a creator, we would not exist. Without a deliverer, our lives would be miserable and lost. But yet you have always taken the initiative, always taken the first step in, in connecting yourself with us so that we can be just like you. And so, Father, we pray that this may be a reality 
within each and every one of us. We know, Father, your great will is for us to be holy. Your great will is for us to be like you, Lord. And so, Father, please do that within us because we cannot do that for ourselves. And so, Lord, dwell with us, within us, walk within us, Lord, walk with us, and help us every step of the way because we need you every single second that we live. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining Ray Boyne to Victory. I'll see you next time.